All right, ladies and gents, and welcome back to the intro, sitting down with my two main men of fitness as usual, Mr. Max Isaac, Mr. James Hobart. James is fresh off of a burpee front squat workout. Also coached two classes this morning, 5.30, 6.30 a.m. over at CrossFit Mafia. We'll hear about James's morning for sure. James's big morning. It sounds like a little kid's book. Mafia, stand up. <laughs> brush, I brush my teeth. James's <laughs> big step morning. Step up on the potty. I'm pretty sure that is a book, James's big morning. No, it's James's it, it, giant peach. James's giant pear. <laughs> Ross fit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, okay. I don't know what your peach looks like these days, dude. Are you doing all these front squats? Your quads are probably huge. What's up with the posterior it looks, chain? It looks bad right now because uh, I did sit-ups on Saturday and I got that I got that baby smooth bottom. And so that thing is all torn up from the sit-ups. Do you guys so do you get the butt raspberry from Ab Max sit-ups? I get the butt berry patch, man. Like it is not a raspberry, <laughs> it's a blackberry, it's a blueberry, it's a it's a boysenberry, it's a snozberry. The snozberries um, taste like snozberries. I've 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 never got that the the ass raspberry from you got all that hair protecting. I think I think I I well I, yeah I think it's essentially like I have a carpet like on my butt so I think that but but then wouldn't I get rug but then wouldn't I get rug burn um, tushy tushy cushy yeah so I I've never never got anything like that from like the uh from ad mat sit-ups but because everybody else does i'm kind of like wanting to get it because i feel like you know maybe i'm like not going hard enough you know like should my ante time be faster because i'm not getting this ass raspberry like you know i start to feel a little bit left out the fomo is real if your tailbone is not about to rip through your skin you're not doing any fast enough that's for real dude yeah, that's I haven't got, I don't get it all the time and I don't do a ton of ab mat sit-ups right now, especially a ton of like high volume ab mat sit-ups. But when you do get that butt raspberry dude, and then you go to take the shower, Ooh, spicy, super, super spicy shower. It's not good. I bet. Do you remember when no, we were all obsessed with, good. with rock sauce? Do you guys remember rock sauce? Rock, rock sauce tape? was the rock tape, like um, muscle rub, right? Yeah, and yes. you would rub that on your low back and then it would be sweaty in the summer and that stuff would just slowly like make its way down and just light you on fire. I you can't put any of that stuff, Tiger Bomb, Rock Sauce, anything. You can't put it anywhere within the region. And you I had thought- it on your bar. You go to the bath. Like, it was like in my eyes. It was awful, man. I, I was rock sauced up 90% of the time. Underneath your nose. I thought that's what you used to do sometimes. In your lip. To like to like to like open up your like your your nostrils like i remember you putting underneath your lip um does anybody remember those those really good smelling markers when you were a kid not sharpies i was just what, talking about this the other day we just i went through and named every single flavor um i can't i can't name the flavors i think orange mr. Sketch. and like yeah mr sketch and like orange and blue were the best my buddy, when I was in kindergarten, or maybe we were like in first or second grade, would take the marker and color underneath his lip, so he could, uh, so he could smell it all day long. Uh, you know, from there he got into huffing paint, and things went really downhill fast. <laughs> I was just gonna say, do you remember like the uh, the um, the Sanford permanent marker? It was like brown with like white rings around it. That was like the color of the, the the pen that, and it had like the super fat nib. And that was the that was the best one, man. That was the best smelling marker. That was, okay. That's like a that's like pure chemicals. That's like an actual chemical that's, marker. That's what I will. That's what I liked. 
No, the okay. Mr. Sketch markers were legit. I mean, there was yellow, purple, blue, <laughs> orange, red, pink, black, green. brown, green. Was that the, the character? Like he was like a little like a little squidge guy? I think so. There was a little character on the marker. But I'll like, look him up. You were upper, upper class if you were rolling with the full array of Mr. Sketch markers back in the day. Yeah, Hobart's weren't making that kind of money, man. I was lucky Dude. to have like a broke ass crayon. Mr. Sketch, and then someone would like trick you and and tell you that you were gonna smell the red or the blue one and then jam that black licorice, the black one right into <laughs> the black licorice one right into your nose. Um, so it looks like there were characters, and essentially yeah. every single flavor was like a was a different character so it, it's how do you make something cute you give it uh, a little pair of athletic sneakers some gloves and cute little eyes so it's kind of what a, we did with our podcast graphic to be honest it's like the exactly. we are mr sketch <laughs> we might get okay. sued by mr sketch now i will say but, this you know like watermelon's a little hottie okay james okay <laughs> <laughs> Watermelon. Okay. The blueberries, though, there's three blueberries. I ain't gonna trust that. Three blueberries. He's got three arms, six legs. Not for me. James, tell yeah. us about the classes this morning, dude. How'd they go? They're amazing. We uh, so five by three split jerk. Bill do a heavy. It was nice. Everyone was beat up today. So yesterday they did uh, the workout. I did this morning. They did four rounds. 15. Can I ask you a question before we get into the workout? So no. you say five by three, yeah. heavy. Build to heavy, or so. When you're writing this, because I think there's confusion in the strength and conditioning world, five mm. X three, that usually means five sets of three reps across at the same weight, right? And then five of the literal three numbers, three, 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 would mean building to the heavy three. Do you guys, when you Whoa, guys are programming, I, do you guys I had no make a difference clue. to that? Yeah, I didn't know we invited Oppenheimer on the podcast. Um, Wait, I didn't. We wrote didn't it as that that five sets times three reps. Gotcha. Yeah, I think like um, one of the things that's really interesting about the strength and conditioning world is there's like so much redundancy and a lot of terminology that gets like kind of mixed up and, you know, multiple ways to read things and multiple ways to write things like alternating single leg, number of reps, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I think the clarity is really cool because when you're saying building two, traditionally that would be those three, um, the threes in a row, five threes in a row with the dashes between, and then five X three in the strength and conditioning world usually would mean five sets at the same weight for three times. Well, but anyway, let me, let, let me tell you, building and going across are completely different planets. Oh man, <laughs> like, I can't remember the last time I did a straight, I, that I did a straight set. I don't think I'll ever do one again. So. Um, there was a main site workout five by five back squat and five by three front squat. And I did that workout five by five across and then five by three across. And <laughs> Brittany came in and, she, and she's like, what did you just do? Because like my guts were on the ground. There was like piss everywhere. I was like sweating profusely. I'm like, I was just squatting. Like I was wrecked from from that workout that's a motherfucker and, uh, man because you got to yeah. get to your weight and you're hitting your weight the first set as opposed to 
the more chill version, the building version where everything feels nice and buttery. Yeah, you're just sitting there. The, the more the, the more chill version is you're taking a hit from a J in between every set. For Maybe sure. you just pass passing it off to your dog. Your dog's chilling. For anybody listening, I'm kidding. Right. We don't do this with our dogs. But yeah. Um we don't yeah, share with our dogs. <laughs> no, not not that, not not that sort of stuff. Although I did just I sent a great meme to the group the other day, like, yo, how chill is it to just eat a pack of ham with your dog and you eat a piece, your dog eats a piece. And um, in our household, I'm the one that gives the dogs all the people food. You give them all the human food. You're the human food provider. I'm the provider. So, but the only human food we really provide to them are like gummy bears, fruit by the foot. No. So onions. Yeah. So when I come in, (laughs) yeah, when I come in from grilling, and I get out the cutting board grilling (laughs) Uh, I get out the cutting boards both the dogs like hop off of the couch and they're just there and that's just how I do it chop up the steak piece for me piece for Havoc piece for Cooper maybe piece for Brittany and I just keep (laughs) (laughs) and I just keep going down the line and there's really nothing more chill than that the vibes are high everybody's having a good time yeah James sent us a great video of uh of Riven eating at the table, fork and knife, had no clue that was possible without opposable thumbs. Apparently it is. He's got his little, he's got his little napkin tucked into his collar. Uh, he's got a little monocle. He's very fancy. <laughs> <laughs> got a top hat. He's, he's actually dressed <laughs> up as the Monopoly man. Well, that, that's what he dressed up as for Halloween. Although we're not talking about Halloween, we are on to Thanksgiving, one of the most elite holidays out there very elite um, holiday hey yeah, before we get into the holiday discussion i do want to go over what james coached this morning at crossfit mafia 5 30 6 30 a.m do you guys have the coolest gear in the world by the way because that that gym should have the best gear ever like the t-shirts at a gym named crossfit mafia should just be out of this world imagine imagine the series that you could do you could just do one thing that said crossfit mafia and on the back is just a horse head right dude there's so much good stuff so much good Uh, stuff the the, the other one is just a guy getting buried in a cornfield or just mug shots (laughs) of famous uh mobsters with and it just says moff crossfit mafia on there you can't refuse Oh, I love it. Oh, yeah, wow. Let's get oh, it going. My let's goodness, get it going. Dude, a workout you can't refuse. Whoever the owner of CrossFit Mafia is, I'm sure they're a great person. That is a million dollar t-shirt idea. Yeah. Well, they listen to this. They listen to this podcast. Features? So we'll, we'll get that. We'll get that going. God, um, can you imagine a million dollars off a million. Of t-shirt? One oh. million dollars. Oh, hold on, guys. Before we before we move on, I want to show you the the latest T-shirts that I had printed up for Tilt. Nobody's going to be able to see it, but I don't really care. So the front is this little vampire Snoopy, and the back is a big is a vampire big... Snoopy. Yep, Hell yeah, and that's it. And there, there's no branding on it. It's just, it's just, it's just, it's these, just now it's, it's just, just a these, graphic T-shirt company. Yeah, it's just it's just these Snoopy T-shirts. Somebody came up to me and they're like, "So, what's the meaning behind the vampire Snoopy?" That it's vampire Snoopy. They said, I'll take seven. I'm like, you got it. You got to well, mail you're me wearing, one of those. You're wearing one of my favorite t-shirts right now. That That is the most comfortable t-shirt I've ever worn. Yes. We've talked about this before. Comfort colors, number one blank. But the reason this one is particularly good is because it's made by our good buddy, Zach Wolf, the owner, the creator of the Danger Booth. 
the and it sounds scary. Booth. It sounds scary. It's not. What is the danger booth? We told you to have to kill you. More mafia stuff. A booth you can't refuse. A booth you can't refuse. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a photo booth that gets set up at tons of different functions. Uh, Buddy Zach is a great photographer, great person, uh, another tat dad. Um, and uh, yeah, it's his company. I love this shirt. I I wear it all the time. I'm I'm so just, it's really I'm a, it's really same. a photo booth. Yep. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, he and his wife Becca, and uh, they had dope. Speaking of Halloween, they had great Halloween costumes. Um, he dressed up as Hamburglar, and I think she dressed up as uh, what's the birdie? Is it is that the bird's name from the McDonald's characters? Yeah, Ronald. Yeah, I, don't Ronald. I don't know enough about McDonald's to know all the characters. You um, should. I well, I know the Hamburglar because he was on America's Most Wanted. So um, <laughs> that, <laughs> that's that's how I know him because he's a criminal. Um, Dude, do you guys remember when you were little kids, like how different McDonald's looked than how it looks today? Like if you drive by a McDonald's today, they all look like modern homes. They're like, they're very like modern and like sleek and they have like no kids aesthetic to it at all. It's all just like kind of like brown wood paneling with the steel that like arches around it and you know that very like cool. square boxes and it's ah. interesting because like it's lost all of the uniqueness of the design of like trying to appeal to kids like it was very kid focused when we were growing up so when i was growing up um we always had mcdonald's at home so I would be like, hey, can we stop McDonald's? My mom would be like, no, we have McDonald's at home. <laughs> we, oh, the, McDo we never... the old McDonald's at home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll yeah, make you a yeah. hamburger. Yeah. So it, that is exactly how my mom I'm like, oh, can we stop McDonald's? She's like, no, we have chicken at home. I'm like, yes, ma'am. Yeah, we do. So we had chicken at home. Um, but the smell of McDonald's breakfast, the um, hotcakes and the hash browns, is like oh, a hash browns a core childhood memory for me you, you have mcdonald's island in your brain how about big dad how about the uh the scene in the scene in big daddy where they show up late for the breakfast <laughs> for, for mcdonald's will somebody get this kid a happy meal um big daddy is such such a good movie um cool so james got to coach some uh some push jerks today yeah tell us about the workout which now. sorry we keep getting is off my time. least least favorite movement in the world are we, ready to, are we ready to talk about it now? Yeah, let's go. Yeah, we're ready now. Well, we coached split jerk one, Max, so um, you're wrong. <laughs> and um, Well, yesterday they did at the gym four rounds for time, 15 bar-facing burpees, 15 front squats, 115, and the 75 single-unders. And um, everybody was beat up today, legs pretty sore. So today's was uh, five sets of three reps split jerk. So we coached that morning classes, got down. One of the members made a new playlist, so got wild on that. Had a great time. What Slammed was the theme some, of the playlist? Took everybody. It was all over the place, man. It went from country to EDM to, you know, P Diddy rap, bad boy for life. We had like, it was all over the place. It was great. Upbeat. So, that was the theme. You guys, the only, only fitness that happened at mafia today for the class workout was the five by three split jerk. That's it. They and, actually and just showed up, a showed up and I said, there's five by three, go load up your racks and go. And they did that. Everybody was out within, 12 minutes. Good. Um, 
And then we did, uh, afterwards we did basically a very, James is kidding by the way, scaled. I'm not kidding. I don't kid, um, scaled variations of uh, L sit hold. So as much time as they could get in three minutes. And then we did a little flutter kick medley to send them home with that little beach body feel. Um, the warmup was like a mix of like single under drills and teaching them some pieces of the, uh, the split jerk layered in there. And then the six thirty class, um, mafia just did a, um, what do you call it? equipment fee, annual equipment fee for their first time trying it. And, uh, what is that? What's an annual yeah, equipment? What's that? Fee? So it's like, you know, X dollars once a year on top of your normal membership, just for regular wear and tear on the equipment. And people this year, first year, you could opt out of it if you didn't want to do it or can't do it, whatever. But uh, with that money, they bought, I think, six Echo bikes. So we have six oh, wow. Echo bikes, maybe more. There's a bunch downstairs. So the 630 class, 60. we did a little 60 Echo bikes. So we did a little warm up on the Echo bikes. So a little bit different than the, the 530 class. I switched up the general warm up. But, the uh, Echo bike, just for everybody who's listening, is the um, mm. recumbent bike made by Rogue Fitness. It's the it's recumbent. Oh, a recumbent means sitting back, right? Yeah. Sorry, not recumbent. That's a great idea, uh, though. That would be a good idea. Airbike. Uh, airbike, fan bike. Sorry, I meant fan bike. And the arms move and the pedals move. It is a big bike. Those things have a lot of wor- uh, weight to them. Girthy bike. It is girthy. It's like a big, like touring mode, like a big Harley Davidson. Yeah, the calories, <laughs> the calories on the on the Echo bike hit differently than the calories on the assault bike, which hit differently than the calories on the C2 bike. They all have a little bit of a different feel. Which one is your guys' favorite? Echo for sure. The rower. Um, the last rower. night I went into the, went into the garage <laughs> and, and swore up and down. I was finally going to do some lifting because I was feeling beat up. I was like, I'll just lift, you know, get the, keep the heart rate down. And um, I started so warming up on the Echo lifting. bike and I went right into 10 rounds of 15 cal, 10 burpee box jumps. So, I'm 100% echo, echo. 100% allergic to the freaking to lifting, but love that echo bike, man. How did that feel? Ten, 10 rounds, 15 and 10. Honestly, it was the burpees that was worse because I did a burpee box jump. So you just jump and stand at the top. Mm. And just that, that just, my legs were smashed. It was a good workout though. It's what I needed. Got my head right. Went inside, cooked dinner, went to bed. Got your head right. Got your head right. Tell us about that. Tell how, I was having a conversation with somebody recently about how fitness and um, their workouts essentially have mostly cured all of their anxiety, not all of it, but like has done um, a really good job of buffering and keeping the mind right, not letting kind of those thoughts get into your head. What's it for you, James? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a paleontologist, but uh, I feel the same way, man, for me. And it's probably just short of a, I don't know, quote unquote, healthier addiction. Um, My wife always says I'm in a better mood when I work out. So I try, I've been trying really, really hard to move every day. doesn't Mm -hmm. matter what it is. Could just be like, I'm going to do five rounds of Cindy or I'm going to jog the dog for two, whatever it is. I just try to move every day, but we had had a long day yesterday. Um, Kind of this isn't a complaint, but just kind of use Sunday to like not relax. We kind of like did chores all day, caught up on some other work. So it's like rolled into the week and was just kind of feeling a little woe me, you know? Mm. Oh, I didn't rest. I'm a little tired and kind of was getting that voice in my head. And it was right around five o'clock and, and I grabbed Cassandra. I said, we got to go, we got to go out in the garage and work out really quick. And um, no warm up. didn't have any idea what I was going to do. Well, I was originally going to lift because I was feeling beat up for the rest of the week. 
but uh, I don't know. I just started warming up on the echo bike and it was funny. I was like, all right, I'll just do five rounds of 15 and 10 burpees. But then I was kind of feeling the workout and I was like, I'll do seven. And I was like, well, if I'm going to go to seven, I might as well do a full 10. And then, I'll, you know, and then I finished that felt great. Cassandra did seven by five back squat, like we originally planned. And uh, we went inside, you know, and it was like, the mood was immediately changed, went inside, cold showered. And the, you know, the day was set, slept like mm. a champ. So yeah, same thing for me. I don't know the details behind it, but it definitely, um, it's one of those things I try really hard to get away from that mindset of it's got to be perfect. And this has taken me a long time. You know, it's got to be like this perfect training session. And for me, it's just about like, do I feel like I did a little bit of exercise doesn't matter what it is and mentally what have I done and do I feel better from it mentally? Mm. So just got right, came inside. Joe Vibin. Joe Vibin. Joe Vibin. We can't talk about, can't get into the Joe Vibin. Uh-uh. It's pretty funny. Though. No, it's, we pretty, it's the first time I heard that. Yeah. Um, James is right. a funny guy. James is a funny guy, you know? This is you a know, funny like a clown. Speaking of mafia. <laughs> That's a, yeah, mafia, great movie, Goodfellas. One of the best scenes in that whole movie. Whole uh, movie. Yeah, Pesci is. Uh, honestly just cross with mafia and on the back a picture of uh pesci. Of, of, of pesci that sounds sounds great to me um james i agree a hundred percent with what you just said about you know sometimes the training session doesn't have to be perfect sometimes you don't even know what you're doing it can turn into something else and as far as like um a mood sorry a mood enhancer it's it's real. Um, I was actually talking to uh, one, one of my friends about it today. And uh, this is a, a friend that's been, you know, sober for, gosh, I don't know, he's been sober for 20, 30, 30 years. Mm. And he's talking and he's talking about, you know, dealing with addiction. And, you know, that right now, he, you know, he's feeling like, you know, working out is doing a really good job of like, quenching that thirst for him like at times he's he's struggled with you know having a drink here or there but he's now been training consistently with me for you know over a year and is feeling like wow like now i'm actually starting to starting to understand that like working out can be fun it can be more than feeling like i'm i'm just suffering and really starting to feel the 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 mental benefits and i think this is something that is really interesting and takes a while for people that are brand new to lifting fitness crossfit whatever like in the beginning when you start it's it's really not fun for a lot of new people right because they're you know if they're doing crossfit it's it's the dose of intensity if they're doing weightlifting it's it's learning the cadence of the movement whatever it is but then after a certain amount of time could be three, six, nine months a year. It's like, they, they really start to feel, um, I think the, the, the true mental benefits of training. And it's something that I think that we, we all can attest to people that have been doing it for 10, 15, you know, 20 years, however Mm -hmm. long we've been, we've been working out. I mean, uh, there's a reason why we've been doing it for so long. Yeah. It, looking back on everything that went down the past few years with my hip injury and the surgery and the recovery, um, there were definitely times in there where it was really hard for me to figure out what to do, figure out what to, how to move or figure out how to continue that 
good streak of movement going just because you know you feel so much pain or you have this doubt about your body or you have these feelings that um you know uh you used to be able to do x and now you can't and i i agree with both of you guys in so far that just showing up and doing whatever you can do and making that the priority and listening to your body and getting the the really wonderful mental benefits out of these fitness pursuits is equally if not more important than all of the amazing physical benefits that you can get from it yeah it's great to like look good with your shirt off and all that kind of good stuff which also is something that i think can build a lot of confidence for people obviously you start to look a little bit more um you know lean or muscular or you start to get a little slowly yeah slowly 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 you start to get closer (laughs) closer to your goals and then you start to change that mental image that you have of yourself and i think that there's really wonderful growth there that can happen through working out and um I'm, i'm interested in this conversation a lot actually like i said i've been talking to um somebody a lot about these kinds of things but what what else do you guys do to help get your mind right like do you guys have any other routines or do you guys have any other rituals? Do you have any other things that you guys do on a regular basis, whether it's in the morning, middle of the day, at night to, if you're maybe don't have the opportunity to work out, or if you've already worked out or whatever, do you guys have any other things that you do to, um, you know, keep everything in order? I I like taking that. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, man. No, I, uh, I love taking the dogs for a walk. That's something that like, um, Honestly, I always find the thing that makes me feel the best is uh, giving giving myself a little bit of time to disconnect from like my phone, computer, stuff like that. And so taking taking the dogs for a walk is something really, really big for me. Uh, I think we've been talking about before, like even just spending 15 minutes just in the steam shower with you know like by myself has been has been really nice um shoot i don't know Brittany and i've been playing a lot of cards recently <laughs> like just, honestly just doing stuff where i can disconnect from technology mm. is the thing that thing that helps me the most yeah, yeah it's a it's a double-edged sword with the with technology right like it's so it's it's almost a requirement to have it in our lives now, right? A requirement to to have these things, even sitting here looking at you guys through these computers. But the phone is the real is the real one where it's like that can become so addicting and so such a big part of your life. And how many times that you're opening up your phone to check it, or how mindlessly you can get into like pulling up certain apps and just spending tons of time not even really realizing how much time you're spending in those apps. And then TV is also like kind of similar too. like it can, it can become, it's really fulfilling to watch things that are entertaining and, and, you know, interesting. And there's a lot of really good programming. We talk about TV a lot here, but it can also become one of those things that becomes a crutch. And instead of doing the things that you know, you should do, whether that means, hey, I know I should stretch before going to bed, or I know I should connect with my partner, or I know that I should just get into bed earlier and try to like get my fucking sleep routine in order. You can sit there and you can watch 
making a murderer for the fifth time or, or the staircase or whatever else is going on and just, you know, get into that loop of um, relying on TV to be the thing that kind of brings you um, to that calmer state. But James, what were you going to say? Um, for me, it's cooking 100%. And then probably just lately really been laying into um, training the dog, which I find I've, I've found so much joy in. And um, it's fun because it's always a good moment of reflection. Like if I see, you know, the dog and he's kind of being a little dick and I'm like, well, this is because of me, you know, it's like, he's not acting out because he's a bad dog or something like that. It's because I'm sort of not understanding him well, or I'm letting some behavior carry on that I'm not helping him correct or training with him. So it's been a really nice moment of reflection, like take accountability. Cause it's like, he's a dog, man. He doesn't know why I'm annoyed because he's, he's doing something. It's like, he's trying to communicate to me in the best way he can. So laying into to kind of training him has been really, really fun. Um, and super like, nerdy word, but grounding for me, just in the sense of like, it just pulls me down to focus on a single thing. Cooking far and away is like one of the most relaxing and enjoyable things for me. Like I'll have had a really long day or be stressed. And I'm like, I just want to go in the kitchen and cook. That's like all I want to do. And make has food. that always been something for you? Um, I think I've always been interested in it, but over probably the last, I don't know, probably five years, it's become something that's like a much much more important to me. And I've kind of really looked into like developing it as a skill and, mm. you know, I remember you got to... into the, the cut Brooklyn knives. Um, those are fantastic yeah. knives, uh, by the way, if you, if anybody out there is looking for, um, kitchenware cut Brooklyn, but James, like, tell us a little bit about like what, what type of cuisine or like, what's your, what are like your favorite things to cook? How, how do you put together your meals? Are you more like simplistic or do you kind of combine yeah. a lot of elements to bring it together? So a lot of it is just me trying to understand like how, how does just certain food things work together? It's not super exciting. Like the way I'll kind of roll with this is I'll pick up a specific recipe. Um, and then you'll go to the grocery store and you'll buy a lot of things that will, that you're all that recipe. You'll basically buy it 10 times over and I'll make that thing 10 times for a week. Right. So you can really start to understand Oh wow! less about the measuring more about like how does certain meat cook and what temperatures and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, so that's kind of like how I've been laying into it more and just like trying to like watch videos on refining knife skills. Um, and I just love it, man. For me, it's such a universal nurturing thing. It's what I love about food. I think for so many people and not everyone is like this, but a lot, man, it's a, uh, it's such a nice common language, you know, kind of like movement, you know, in a gym, like you don't have to like much, but it's like everyone I think to some extent needs to be nurtured, and everyone at some point wants to eat. So it's a really cool way to kind of just share with other people. Um, so I, I yeah, absolutely. I, I love it. I always joke, like the backup plan is I just want to, if I, you know, if I, they fire me tomorrow, um, I want to basically go be like a personal chef, but like a personal event chef. So like you guys, you know, Max would invite me over to like cook dinner for his birthday with a small group of people. And I would teach how to cook and we'd chat and have a good time. Um, you know, it'd be like, what a would you cook love, for me? Whatever you want, man. No, for my birthday, give me what meal would you cook me that would be appropriate for my birthday, and then do MDV. Oh, we make you cook for we'd me? make pizza from scratch, dude, for you. Easy pizza day. from yeah. scratch. Easy yeah, day. all right, with with our Ninja Turtles uh, costumes on. That's yeah. It would be it would be a costume party. You dress up as your favorite Ninja Turtle, and we make our own pizza. What about for MDV? Do MDV. Mm. I mean, he's gonna. You know, we're gonna we're gonna build it around steak. It's gonna be some sort of red meat. Yeah. 
yeah. some sort of yeah, nice yeah, steak, yeah. steak potatoes. Yeah. I feel some like we're vegetable. Yeah, we're gonna be. You gotta have a puree, you know, in there. I don't know what your vegetable would be yet, but something like that. Um, for MDV, I wow. Think. Just a, he's he's good. a classic fine dining guy. Um, wow. But also, I just like that really simple steak, potato, and and vegetable. I think that's probably my hands down my favorite meal. I could eat that meal every single day, every single meal and be there satisfied. Was a, there was a point in time when you were eating that every single day. Yeah, I just can, about. I can, yeah, I can remember when when you were when you were big on the you know it was like it was like zero ingredients. Yeah, you know, zero, you were zero like, one yeah. rule. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Zero and, ingredients um, on one plate three or four times a day. I still try to eat like that. Um, I still try to um obviously prioritize whole foods, I prioritize uh high quality protein, fruits, vegetables. Um yeah, nutrition what about, is an interesting journey, man. But I what actually about like I made my first sourdough oh, cool. bread this past weekend. And it was such a, it was such an awesome experience. I understand. So the whole sourdough thing was one of those um, things that during COVID, kind of like everybody got everybody on, did was everybody was doing it. But the the really cool part about it was the fact that, and I didn't do the starter. Um, the starter was done by by somebody else. But taking the starter and taking the the flour and the oil and the salt and then like just looking at how it all comes together in, in the bowl. And like, you literally are creating this thing from scratch, from nothing, from, from a bunch of ingredients in front of you to the, the mix of the dough and then how the dough needs to, to, to stand. And then you fold, you have to go into the folding of it. And then the next day you get to put it into the oven and um, it was, it was really a pretty incredible and super fulfilling experience. And, um, definitely want to get into that more. Um, not necessarily so you, just like baking sourdough, like it's not, but getting into creating more of that type of feel no. of like taking something from nothing to a full and something. And it's meal. good. Yeah. I think that's one of the most special things about cooking. And it's like for me, and I'm by no means, I think a good cook and would not call myself a chef, but I, I do think chefs are like just the most beautiful artists. And I've said this before, it's like, because they have to create fine art um, that people like basically with a gun to their head, right? The, the pressure of food service is just incredible. I'm so amazed by like, whenever I go to a restaurant, and have a good meal. It's just like everything that has to come together for that to work. It's, mm. it's amazing. So, and it's, and I think what's cool about cooking too, is you can learn some basic things. And like you said, the sourdough you made at home is going to be amazing. Like the food you can make at home does not have to be complex to be incredible. And I think that's something I think is, is so wonderful. Um, cause it's, there's a really Oop. James was on a roll and just froze. He is still yeah. frozen. Well, it's good because come on back. Um, yeah, honestly, my favorite piece of art is the blooming onion from <laughs> the Outback, Outback Steakhouse. Steak, from the Outback Steakhouse. I'm kidding. I've never been to classic the episode. Uh, classic episode oh, yeah. of The Office where I want my baby back, baby back, baby yeah. back. And we've been, t yeah, that is so good. Um, Michael Jan and the representative from the Scranton school district go out to Outback. And it was in, it was in the series of episodes where Michael is a buffoon for most of it, but then you have these glimmers of hope that he's like almost a sales savant. Like he, he, yes, he yes. knows exactly what he's doing almost the whole time. 
Right. Um, I have a question. So did you have like a, you had like a dealer that you bought your starter from that gave you like a dime bag of starter or like, how did this, how this whole thing work? No, no, no. So I, I have, um, a, f a friend who had the starter and, uh, then we made the sourdough together. Yeah. It was really, really fun. Oh, it was a date. Yeah. It was a little bit of a sourdough date. Wow. That's cute. All right. Well, we're not, gonna, we're not, we're not, Oh, it was sour. It sounded like it was a good date. No, it was. It was really fun. Oh, okay. And I, the most no, fulfilling part of it all is the 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 idea of taking all of that stuff and forming it. And you know, you you're using your hands the whole time to create. And um, it was it was a really cool experience. It was different from the type of cooking that I normally do, which is just you know, you get a nice piece of steak. You have your potatoes. They go in the air fryer. You figure out how you're going to do your vegetables and like that's mainly how I put together my meals. Was it a lot like the pottery scene in Ghost? A lot like that. When actually. you were when a you were making like the sourdough? Yeah, a lot um, like that. Because that, that sounds that sounds fucking hot. Like I'm trying to The make pottery some scene in Ghost. Swayze. That's classic <laughs> Swayze, dude. God, man, what a what an absolute uh, absolute beast! Um, you know, we have not really got into the the bread making stuff, but I do I do agree with with everything you guys are talking about, and I really like um, cooking dinner. I like cooking dinner for Brit. We we keep things really really simple, um, and. The thing I thing I also really like is like having a couple like go to meals that you know that you can prep quickly that are really good you know obviously nutritious meals um, I like having just those those staple meals for a while and something to really like look forward to mm. um, because if I'm being honest if I'm left to like my own devices and you know, we don't plan something for dinner. Like I am just so guilty of being like, we should just get takeout. Yeah. Like, should we just, should we just go like get takeout? Like we should just do that. Right. Brit, Brit's like, uh, absolutely fucking not. Like we're not getting takeout. We're gonna, we're gonna cook. Um, so that's a really that, amazing challenge. I mean, the, the DoorDash Uber Eats era has I mean, made we, it. We, we've sorry, talked about this a little bit, right? Yes, and that I've never ordered from DoorDash or Uber Eats. They'll, so the one time I was going to, um, I played like I I like got so far as like I I had an order, and then um, it showed me that the delivery fee was almost the same as the the cost of the food, and I was like, I could buy so many packs of gum instead of getting this thing delivered. So I just decided to buy the gum. Um, and the fees associated with DoorDash are crazy. They add up, it adds <laughs> um, up so quickly. It's but, um, the convenience factor of it is like, it's very tempting to just flip your phone open and look at whatever looks appealing. It's, I mean, it's a whole, it's like a whole reward system. Um, it's almost like social media for food. And, you know, you have this, um, this idea that, oh, it would be so much harder to, you know, go and make a meal or go to the store and pick up the things that I need. But actually, like you're spending so much more money 
for most of the time, lower quality food than you'll be able to make yourself. The fees are crazy in DoorDash. It, it always ends up being like 50 to a hundred bucks every time you order from there. So the other, the other thing that I was thinking about is not all food travels well. So you can't really like order anything you want because it could get soggy, get gross. Like, I guess if I was going to DoorDash anything, as crazy as this sounds, I'd get sushi because I think that it's probably delivered in a timely fashion. There's really no, you know, nothing's really going to get messed up. So who, who knows? Um, I know, uh, I know for me, it's, uh, it's all about, it's all about planning. That's really, uh, really what I care the most about, um, is making sure that we just do a bunch of planning and keep it going from there. James just hit me up on the side text message. Internet went out and he is having trouble hopping back on, but hopefully we get him back before the end of the show. If not, no worries, forget, James. Forget no worries. about him, man. It's all good. You already said everything that you needed to say. We get it. You're an artist. Sitting right? down with my one main man of fitness, That's Mr. Right. Max I'm Isaac. Only, I'm the only one left. I'm the lone, lone survivor. Survivor. Do you remember when that show came out? God, that is literally the show that I would uh, want to be on the least. Survivor? Like, I have, yeah, I have no desire to eat bugs. Um, well, that, and oh, even, Fear Factor was the bug, the bug eating. That was pretty disgusting. That they had some stuff on Fear Factor, man. That was there's no way I could have done. To, that is always why I, I like I can never like really wrap my head around Joe Rogan. We're not going to go off on this, but I'm always just like, didn't you have people eat bugs? Like, wasn't that like your shtick for a while? And which is fine. Sure. Which yeah. is fine. People change. People change, but that. that well, I think always, he's that's a, he's always been very honest about the fact that that was just a paycheck for him. Um, I've never I've never listened to it in depth. The only podcast that I listen to is our podcast. Just go back and repeat. re-listening to this well, one over just, and over. Just every time, yeah. Just, I hop in the car. I just keep it on, mostly so I feel like every time I'm driving, it's with my boys MDV and James because there's really nothing quite like going on a road trip with a couple of your best friends, you know, crazy good laughs, crazy good snacks. You know, you're probably taking some naps. Like, I don't know. That just sounds pretty spectacular to me. So, have you ever done a cross country road trip? No, I have not. Um, I think, I think that I would be fine with it, but you really have to do it with the right people. Have you? Yeah, I've done it. Um, I've done it in parts a few times. So I did it from Washington to New York and then New York back to Washington state. And that was um that was probably like the most direct cross-country um trips that I've taken. But I also did like San Diego up to Washington, and then across to Chicago at another point when I was younger with my buddy Doug. And this was before this was right when Garmin came out, like, because I had a Garmin that I brought on the trip and it was like a life changing experience because up until that point, it was all just map quested, printed out directions, which made, and we still used a lot of map quest directions during the trip. And it was really, it was such a cool trip because we had so much connection. There was not no social media. 
at this time, or maybe it was just, maybe just Facebook existed at this time. Back in the 1900s. Because this was post, um, this was post, what was it? It was post law school. I forget. I forget when it was. I think it was around 2009. So I guess social media was just kind of kicking off, but I don't remember being on our phones a whole lot. And and we certainly made use of the big black CD case, like that big hulking 70, 80 CD thing that like you could use as a fucking weapon that everybody had in their car. That That is a true expression of wealth. You know, like if you got into your buddy's car and they had, like you said, that 70, 80 disc, you know, album, you're like, am I in a Rolls Royce right now? Like this might be the richest person I ever met in my life. And if, and if they had it all broken down by like metal, genre, hip hop, right. Like, wow. Uh, you know, I, I was I was kind of more like I had like a handful like mix CDs, you know, and do you remember that you used to write the like the songs like, you know, yeah, in a circle, them, like you'd write it all, around, all the way around, around yeah. you name all your mixes. Remember, yeah. I saw I saw a meme that was pretty funny. It was like um, there was a time in which you burned your last CD, but you didn't know that that was the last CD you have ever you would ever burn. Dude. So first off, I'm going to start crying, but like, do you, do you remember like making mixes for like, like your girl, some, like some I significant just, others? Yeah. Like, I, like, like I can just remember being in high school and being like, oh man, this fucking Guster track. Like I'm about to get Guster. Oh my God. Two points <laughs> you know, for like, honesty. Like, um, Guster, like, you know, holy shit. Like I'm putting together this mix. Like I hope she doesn't fall in love with me with this song. <laughs> you know? I hope like, she doesn't fall in love <laughs> with me. Like, uh, and oh and, man, and, the silkiest. And just, meet, and just meeting your shorty after class, like right before Spanish, and being like, "Hey, put this together for you. Give it a listen later. Let me know what you think." Oh my god, like dude, when or, burning CDs okay. first came out, there was like people who were dealers of burnt CDs. Like you well, have like off, the one kid who could do it and you'd hand them a list of songs that you wanted on it. Like it's got to be in this fucking order this too order. because if you if you fuck this shit up, the whole thing ain't going to flow right. But then the other thing that I was thinking about was like how much balls you used to have back in the day to call a fucking landline oh, and be, man. you know, and like it and call a landline, ask for whoever your friend could be. You're asking for a girl and the dad picks up. Hello, Mr. Della Valley. Uh, just wondering if Matthew is available. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like don't be calling after nine o'clock at night. Nine. Stop it. If you called, if you called my house, probably after seven, oh, my seven mom was early cut off was losing it um god it it's just so interesting to think about like how things have evolved like you used to just raw dog phone call people no caller id no nothing and you just had to pick it up now just the nervousness of, the, of who's picking up the phone on the other end and and now i know it's a big joke but nobody answers calls and the other thing that i think is so funny is when cell phones first came out how hot was it 
to have like a dope ringtone. You're like, oh, I'm, I'm going to get that the, fucking Jeezy ringtone. The like you got this and then the ring and the ring back. Remember the ring right. back? Right. Okay. But now if somebody's phone rings, you're like, are you a fucking narc? Like, why is your phone ringing? Like everybody's phone is on silent. silent. It's just, it's, it's so interesting to me. So I'm thinking about bringing back, uh, bringing back the ringtone and going with Rihanna work. So it does work, 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 work. And I think that'd be, <laughs> that's going to last that for about a, a day, less than a day. I don't know if I could, I don't know if I could handle no. it. Um, but I, I do think that's, uh, that's pretty funny. God, times have changed. People are going to be listening to this podcast and we're going to lose subscribers. Like, man, these fucking old heads talking about calling, <laughs> calling people, burning Caller CDs. Idea, bur burning yeah. CDs. Right. But maybe we should, maybe we should bring burning CDs back. It, it would be impossible. Cause I don't know if you could even get a CD player. No, it's a, I, I don't think so. I don't think it actually, you know, what's funny is like CDs are coming back. Like CDs are, are making a resurgence similar to how like vinyl made a resurgence. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't, I didn't know that. So we might, we might be ahead of the trend right now. Yeah, we're, we're cutting edge right now. We're cutting edge. I gotta make, I'm going to make Brittany a, a mix CD. Um, Mr. Max, we'll what do you got on your workout plan for today? Oh, uh, good. We're going to talk some fitness, which is awesome. Cause that's kind of what this podcast is about. Kind of. Um, we are doing, I'm going to go actually hit the noon class after this 21, 18, 15, 12, 9, 6, 3, double dumbbell or kettlebell front squats, toes to bar with a hundred meter farmer's carry after each round. Woo! So that is a um, long boy. That's going to be a long workout. I am going to get absolutely fucking wrecked by this workout. That's a um, long workout. 21 down to three by three. Yeah, I have a really hard time with farmer's carries. Um, so this will be really hard for me. One thing that we've been doing is for our workout guidance, um, whatever we name the workout after, I go on chat GBT and uh, like and get like a fun fact about the workout. So today's workout we named Yellowstone. And the fun fact is the biggest geyser in Yellowstone National Park is the Steamboat Geyser. It is known for having the world's tallest active geyser eruptions with eruptions that can reach heights of over 300 feet. So if you didn't know that, now you do. Um, That's pretty cool. I like that kind of stuff. You guys name every, we've talked about this a little bit in the past, but I don't think we talked about it in a while. You guys name every single workout that you do at tilt, right? Yeah, we do. And I I think it's just, we, we just started doing it. Like when we, well, actually, I don't know. It, I think it started at CrossFit New England. Yeah. We, CrossFit we named New England. Every, every workout at CrossFit New England was named whether or not it was a benchmark. So it's right. kind of traditionally for anybody who's listening in the CrossFit functional training space, named workouts or hero workouts that have um, names associated with people who have um, given their life in, in, in service, those are classified as benchmark workouts. And they're typically workouts that are classics that get, or favorites or whatever, that get repeated over time. And the, the interval in which you repeat a workout is up to whoever is programming it. There's no set philosophy one way on how to do it. You could retest a benchmark fairly quickly, which would be maybe a couple of weeks, or you could re retest a benchmark 
in, you know, six, eight, 10, 12 months, whatever it, it is purely a snapshot of where your fitness is that day in light of that workout. And the thing that gets really tricky with benchmarks is I think people get really wrapped around the axle about them because, you know, you want to perform and you want to do really well, but it's not, it's not a complete look at your fitness. It's only how did you do on that workout that day? And even when you're retesting benchmarks, oh, you know, I did Fran one day, Fran is 21.59 thrusters and pull-ups. And that's a workout that typically takes less than seven minutes. And if you're going less than five minutes, you're really hauling ass. If you retested that three or four months down the road and you went faster, the logic, or at least the, the CrossFit logic would be like, oh, you got fitter. But, you know, things happen and maybe you had a really good workout that day and maybe you didn't have a great workout the first time you did it. So long story short, don't get so caught up in the times that you have for your benchmarks. They are really good as just kind of general indicators of the direction your fitness is going. Like if you see all of your benchmarks going in one direction, if everything is improving, if you feel better, if you look better, that's really the way to judge how your program is working. If you're getting towards your goals, not just looking at oh, my score on this workout did or did not improve. Anyway, but Max, you were saying. Oh, uh, I was just saying that one of the fun facts that we looked up this week, we uh, we did Fight Gone Bad yesterday, which is Ooh, great workout. Uh, one of my favorite workouts, three rounds, one minute wall ball, one minute sumo deadlift high pull, one minute box jump, one minute push press, one minute row, one minute rest. Um, Have you and- ever done championship Fight Gone Bad, which is the – Five round versus five rounds. I think we've I think we've talked about that as well. At this point, we've just talked about everything. We've talked about a lot re- of stuff, which is great. It's good to repeat yourself. This um, is just a Chat GPT version of old yes. podcasts put together, minus James. Now, forget him. Um, I originally thought that the workout fight gone bad was developed for BJ Penn. But apparently it was done for one of BJ Penn's friends who was um, diagnosed with cancer and they did a fundraiser in 2006 and the the um, original name for the workout was Pukey's Revenge. I didn't know that layer of the backstory. The layer of the backstory I, that I knew was the BJ Penn got introduced to CrossFit. This yep. workout was created to replicate a fight. Yep. DJ Penn did Same. the workout. And after the workout, somebody asked him, how did the workout go? And he was like, yeah, it felt like a fight, but a fight gone bad. Gone bad. Yeah. That's that story is, um, it's a great story, but I think it's just that. I think it might just be a story, but anyway, who knows? I looked this up on online, which you never know. The only thing, like I said, the only thing that I know for sure, and I learned that from Michael Scott, is Wikipedia is always correct. Always correct. Um, always and that, correct. Oh, so good. So good. What about you, Mr. MDV? What's on the what's on the training docket? We, we don't really talk about your training that much because mostly you're kind of like Batman. You do everything kind of like in secret. No, 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 no. I, I have a, a whole setup here at, at my apartment now. I have a rogue rig and um, barbell set and dumbbells and kettlebells and all that kind of stuff. And um, not every piece of equipment that you could need, but man, I have, I have, I'm very fortunate to have a, a strong selection of stuff that I can really get after it. Yesterday I did 15 down to five 
by one rep every time. So 15, 14, uh, back squat, dumbbell bench press and ab wheel rollout. And, um, oh shit. I probably would have done to- toes to bar if I had more space on the rig, but, um, because the barbell was in the rack every time, um, that was, uh, I, I went with ab, ab wheel rollout. Talk about workouts that when you are writing them, that they, you're like, oh man, 15 down to town to five sounds like that would be really, really fun. And you never realize how long the 15, 14, (laughs) 13, 12 rounds are going to be. But that 10 down to one or 15 down to one, I love that type of um, that type of workout experience. I think that if you're looking for an idea, James has obviously fell in love with the AMRAP 20. You pick two or three movements, maybe two, three or four movements. You put them together in that 20 minute AMRAP and you bounce between them. Great way to get some simple fitness. If you want a little bit of a different structure, if you're doing movements that are a little bit heavier or a little bit more complex, 10 down to one, you do 10 reps of it, then nine, eight, seven, all the way down to one. And if you have movements that are cycled a little faster, you can just increase the numbers. And, you know, whether or not it's like air squats, you're going to do 20 down to two by two, 20, 18, 16, and so forth. But I, I really love that descending rep scheme. And I think I like it because of a lot of the same reasons we were talking about, we like building in the lifting pattern because it just is, it's so much more fun to see things like progress through the workout sometimes than it is just to say, oh, every single time I'm doing this amount. Um, But anyway, looks like you're about to get some, is that blackberries going on? Yeah, I am. um, I'm packing some food. Blackberries would be a king fruit if they didn't have the seeds. The seeds and blackberries are just get buried in the the depths of your teeth. I've never experienced anything like that before. Really? Oh man. No. But maybe I think oh I'm they're seedless blackberries, the ones that Driscoll seedless. <laughs> yeah, Driscoll seedless, only the finest berries. Um yeah, I've got some blackberries that I'm gonna eat on the way to the gym, and then I have uh, some Japanese yam Whoa. fries. Game big shout changer. out to EC. Big shout out to EC. And I got two burger patties. My my favorite meal right now is uh, grill up. I grill up like eight burgers, uh, two pounds, uh, eight burgers of 93.7 ground beef. Grill those up on a Monday. Have two burger patties and a handful of uh, Japanese yam sweet potato fries for lunch every day with a, a bunch of mustard. And it's like, Mustard it's the is the best. A, a king condiment. Mustard king, is such king. a king condiment. I'm I I right now I'm I'm doing a lot of spicy brown mustard because um I don't know. You're I think a spicy it's, guy. I'm a spicy guy, so I think it's great. All right, Mr. Uh, Max. We're gonna wrap this thing up. I appreciate you. Love you, buddy. Thank you for sharing right, your time with James. us. Shout out to James. James, love you, buddy, wherever you're at. See ya. <laughs> Hello, friends. MDV here. Thank you for listening to the Intro with MDV podcast. And if you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe for weekly downloads wherever you listen to your podcast. Remember, we have a new episode coming to you every Tuesday. And if you have time and five stars to spare, please leave me a rating and review on iTunes. If you're looking for more out of me, MDV, you can find me on Instagram at MDV underscore FIT. Until next time, friends, let's go.